Hello and welcome to A Queer Understanding, weekly conversations about all things queer. We are your hosts, Dr. Angelica Thompson and Akessa Thompson. For more information about the show and to hear more episodes, visit us at aqueerunderstanding.com. Erin Sweeney is a proud Memphis native. She completed her undergraduate degree at the University of Memphis and her graduate degree at Bethel University. Professionally, she's touched local broadcast, service, and finance industries. She worked as a retirement savings expert for seven years, specializing in corporate and international accounts. Active in Memphis's LGBTQ community for decades, Erin's contributions include founding outreach programs for masculine and center lesbians, speaking at college gay student alliances, serving as a trustee of affirming churches, and building a network of LGBTQ resource groups for advocacy in the corporate sector. She serves as a founding board member of the Mid-South LGBT Chamber of Commerce, the Out Memphis Board of Directors, local chair of the Raymond James Pride ERG, and a board member of TROO Alternatives Community Development Corporation. She has recently been elected as board chair of Out Memphis effective July 2022. She strives to empower organizations and businesses in the LGBTQ plus community to work together to build a brighter future for Memphis and the surrounding area. Here's our conversation. Hi, Erin. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So I read your bio, but um, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Aaron Swinney. I am from Memphis, Tennessee, proud Memphis native. I've been a part of quite a few things having to do with the LGBTQ plus community in the city. Uh, The first of which is out Memphis. I am the board chair elect starting July of 2022. I'm also a part of the Mid-South LGBT Chamber of Commerce first of its kind in the area, and quite a few other things, pretty much. I'm just out here in the gay community trying to make a change for the better. Okay, and what got you into that? What made you want to be active in the community? Uh, Long ago, an an 18-year-old girl, when I was in my early 20s, she was a friend of my younger sister's, and she came to me, and um, her mother kicked her out for being gay and she didn't know where to go. So she asked to move in with me and I agreed. And so because she had quite a few friends along her same age group, they all started coming to hang out at my house and some stayed and some didn't. And I just listened to their plights and the different things that were going on with them, realizing how they were on the streets, not all, but some on the streets. Uh, Some were trying to support themselves through college without any sort of parental backing. And I just wanted to kind of help them as much as I could. Now, back then I was young and broke, maybe five or six years older than they were, you know, Mm -hmm. but that kind of lit a fire under me. And plus uh, my parents are preachers. And so I've watched people uh, as, as any preacher would call them the flock come and go and have needs and, you know, different things like um, 
you know, weddings, funerals, visiting people in the hospital. I just basically I come from a background of service. Okay. So I, I grew up in it. And so the group that I seem to be called to help is the LGBTQ plus community. So right. that's why I'm doing it. Okay, that's awesome. So you spoke about helping individuals that were coming out in their safe space. What was it like for you coming out to your family? Was it a good experience where you did or been a discrimination or was it a struggle for you? It was a struggle, of course, uh, being Black and being in the South and being in a heavily religious household. They were not happy with hearing about it. And it took many years for them to kind of come around to the idea of me being gay and me, what gay meant and, you know, just debunking a lot of stereotypes and things of that nature. And, you know, because in their generation, gay was always the villain. Right. You know what I mean, you, you got your far and scar and all this other stuff. And, you know, any <laughs> queer presenting folks don't really seem uh, back then, you know, that's what they were raised with. And so to have their own child be that, mm-hmm. uh, it was a bit of a struggle. And so they're coming around a lot more than they have in the past. And so I am proud to say that they are growing. And so it, it was a heck of a journey. It was a pretty lonely one. And my whole family had to kind of go on that journey a bit. And they're now coming around a unity. So what was the conversation? Did you just come out and tell them that they find out, have suspicions? What was that like? Well, I came out and told them because at the time I had a long-term girlfriend and things were getting pretty serious. And you can only keep that closet closed for so long when you're in a committed relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I came out and let them know who she was to me and all of that. And so... They took a while accepting it, but they finally did. So before that, did they just think you two were friends? Well, they didn't really know much about us because I was away at college. I did most of my undergrad at University of uh, Tennessee at Martin, (laughs) which is two hours north of Memphis. So I got to live as I pleased for the first (laughs) time ever and uh, came back a different person, according to them. But I had always been the same person. I knew that Aaron was Black. Aaron was a woman and Aaron was something else. And I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I actually came out to myself by Googling what a lesbian was and realizing, hey, it matches me. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, That's what I am. <laughs> That's what exactly. So I just instantly accepted it and I said, well, you know, it's the truth. So I, I've been raised to tell the truth. And that's my truth. Right. Live your truth. So do you think a part of parents that accepting their children sometimes coming on is the lack of understanding, especially back in the early 90s, uh, early 2000 for especially the Black community. Do you think it's a lack of education in terms of what LGBTQ plus individuals are and who we are? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there is a lack of education within the community at large, be it Black, white, straight, gay. A lot of people don't really know what's going on. And one thing that I tell people who come and ask me, what's with all these alphabets and letters and all this other stuff? I say, we're building the bridge as we cross it, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, ever since Kinsey in the 50s, that was like the last major study 
about what LGBTQ even was. And at that time, it was just gay and lesbian, and that was it, according to their realm of knowledge. So I think that more education, more exposure to uh, gay people, what it really is, and not just some creepy thing in the night or anything like that, but it's just regular people. Right. Just like you and me, you know? Right. Right. You said you always felt like there was some other side of you that you couldn't put your finger on what that was until you Googled it. So you dated men before declaring yourself a lesbian or did you start to do some like a transition and say, oh, I like girls, but I'm also see men or what was that process like for you? Well, I was raised to date men, you know, uh, and I did. And they were fun, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> the whole love thing, I couldn't wrap my head around at all. <laughs> it just, you know, uh, slept with a few and stuff like that. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, enjoying myself, I had a good time. But mm-hmm. when it came to uh, the romantic aspect of it, it was nothing there. And it wasn't until I kissed my first girl. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is our, okay. So this is what love is supposed to feel like. It, you right. know, I, I couldn't understand the romantic movies and the girls talking about, oh, he's so fine. He's so cute. I didn't care. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I would be the one that they'd pursue because they couldn't figure out why I wasn't giving them that same energy. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that in me. So mm-hmm. I was like the best girlfriend for a while because I didn't give him any grief. I didn't care, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what it was like once I found out that mm-hmm. everything changed. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been happy ever since over here, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, we see yeah, you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so you are married now. I am. How long have you been married? Eight years. Right now, and I want to just had an eighth anniversary last month, couple okay. weeks ago. Okay. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. So, at the time that you met your wife, and or or even decided to get married, had your family come around at that point? Did they come to the wedding? No, they did not. Mm-hmm. They weren't there, and. um so the only people that I had there for me were my younger sister, who is trans, my oldest sister, who is bi, and a host of friends. But her whole family showed up. Mm-hmm. And there was this part in the wedding that I'll never forget. Uh, the preacher, who was actually uh, Dr. Darnell Gooch from the Cathedral of Praise, uh, which is a, a local farming church here, asked, my side of the family would the side of the family for Aaron, please stand. And because my younger sister was in the wedding, my older sister was the only one who stood. Mm-hmm. And he asked, would you accept Tess as my wife's name is Tessa? Would you accept Tess as your family and all of that other stuff? And she said, yes, emphatically, of course. Then he asked Tessa's side to stand. And it was just like a huge choir of people just stood up at the mm-hmm. same time. And he asked them the same question about me. Will you accept Aaron as your family member and everything? And they all yelled. Yeah. And just tears started rolling down my face because I I had a family now, you know, and uh, when I felt like I lost my own, hers (laughs) took me in. 
and now mine is coming back. So we've doubled in size. Okay. it, It was a lot of healing that has progressed over that time. So, yeah. Have they expressed any remorse or regret over not being? My mother has, and some of my cousins, and a few of my aunties have, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their defense, there was a, a wild hurricane-type storm okay. <laughs> that day, so it was hard to get out there. So the people that I knew that would have been there mm-hmm. uh, weren't for those reasons. But my mother did feel bad about not going and everything because it's a milestone, and I'm her mm-hmm. oldest daughter. So... Yeah, but we got over there. We talked about how we felt. Uh, She apologized and we decided to take the steps to heal and move forward. And we have. So you kind of skipped over, but you mentioned that you have a bisexual and a Mm -hmm. sister trans. Are those your only siblings you got up? They're my only siblings now. My older brother was murdered in 1992. Wow. So there were four of us, and now there are three. Okay. Um, so my older sister is married to a man, okay. and my younger sister is engaged to a man. Okay. Trans. So having three of the four and all of the living children be in the community, like, what was that? Repeat? Well, actually, I want to ask, were you the first to come out or your your other siblings, your sisters, they? About first, I was the first okay. to come out. Okay. I kicked down the door and they kind of tumbled <laughs> after me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was kind of funny because when I came out, my father called my older sister for solace and she mm-hmm. said, Well, I like girls too, Dave. Oh, oh my God. God. You know, and then uh, like a few years later, my sister uh, came out as trans. Mm-hmm. And that just pretty much, you know, threw a grenade in the lake. <laughs> and mm-hmm. They still have yet to accept her. Okay. So it's still like, how's your little brother? And I'm like, no, I don't have one. My, my little sister is fine, mm-hmm. you know. So that's still a point of contention. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, having two siblings in the community has been amazing for me. Like, my younger sister and I used to do radio shows and go and speak at different events and do shows and clubs and stuff like that. And so I never really had the chance to feel alone because she was always there. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. So we're in your buyers and you're a really accomplished community. So tell us about some of your greatest accomplishments community here in Memphis. Honestly, for me, they haven't happened yet because I, I see what's on the horizon. Okay. But I suppose my greatest accomplishment so far has been being voted board chair about Memphis. And so the executive director came to me. We had a breakfast and she said, the current chair wants you to succeed her as chair. And I said, what? Why? <laughs> I, mean, I was in shock. And she said, you're passionate about everything. You helped out with furnishing the youth emergency center. You've raised money for out Memphis and you've gotten everybody excited. You have good energy and everything. And we think that you can direct us where we need to go. And I was like, "Uh, okay, what do you say to that? Like, of course, you know, I'm happy to serve. 
And it's funny, it's like this has come full circle. When I first came out to myself, even before I came out to my parents, I went to what was then the Mid-South Gay and Lesbian Community Center, MGLCC for short. And Will Batts was the director there. Uh, most people in Memphis will know who Will is and very good man. He moved off to Texas. So I went in and I said, I, I think I'm gay. I don't know anything about it. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole group at the time took me in, elegant pace and, you know, so many people poured into me, you know, gave me books and had me sit down and uh, eat with them and break bread. They just let us do whatever we wanted to do. And we're, we're fully engaged and educating whoever wanted to know. And then I went to Holy Trinity Community Church, which was like one of the only affirming churches at the time, because with uh, a deeply Christian background, I was having issues with reconciling yes. my faith. And the pastor at the time, Tim Meadows, helped me walk through that and actually counseled me. And the community made me who I am today. And so now I get to give back to that same community and uh, help open doors and continue to give opportunities to younger people coming up and older people who want to get involved. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Altman, Chris. Well, out in Memphis, well, it, it's basically the LGBTQ plus uh, center of the Mid-South. So they cover Memphis, West Memphis, South Haven, all those areas. And it is part community center still. And in fact, we're building more on the community center side. But we had to kind of stop for a minute with the community portion of it to address a need. Uh, there were a lot of LGBTQ kids ranging in ages from 12 all the way up to the early 20s. They were homeless. And the, the out Memphis staff would go to open the doors in the morning and there'll be children sleeping on the, the steps mm-hmm. of the community center. And so we had to do something to take care of those kids that were being thrown away by their parents. Mm-hmm. So... Um, recently, and I, I was blessed to be on the construction committee of this, we finished building the Youth Emergency Center. And uh, there are a few units. They have their own bathrooms and everything. The kids get to have their own autonomy in the houses. Uh, they have therapists that are there to take care of them and social workers and things of that nature to tend to their every need. And we also do food. We we do clothing and not just for the children, of course, but it's to serve the entire LGBTQ community in the city. Mm-hmm. So there are some financial resources there. There are job training and, you know, all sorts of things. So out Memphis just pretty much wants to make sure that everybody gay in the city has some place to go. And if they have a need, we do our best to fill it as much as possible. So where is the youth emergency center located? Okay. That is on Southern. Okay. Near the university? Right. So it's not too far from the Cooper Young area. Okay. So if anybody needs to kind of run to the Youth Emergency Center, they don't have too far to travel. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll get to expand that and take care of more children. And so it literally is an emergency center. There's no application process or anything like that. They just come there if they need help. Right. It's a partially uh, drop-in center, too. 
Okay. And we we also have a location out in summer uh, that serves as a drop in location. So case in point, we we take care of the homeless and sex workers and things of that nature. So if they need to come and get toiletries and things to clean and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, drop in centers for that. And uh, also, if you want to drop donations off at the drop in center, you can do that there, too. So out Memphis has three locations right now and we're continuously growing. Nice. And the work with the chamber. And that's my favorite. That's fun. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I get to shake hands and kiss babies, <laughs> stuff like that. So my work with the chamber right now, I'm over the membership committee. I'm one of the founding board members of the chamber. And our goal is basically to connect as many LGBTQ plus businesses as well as allied businesses to help form a robust rainbow business committee. So what we're doing is we're having different uh, mixers and networking events. Our next one that's coming up is uh, May the 23rd from uh, 6 to 8 at Grind City Brewery. And we usually have one every month where different members of the chamber and would-be members of the chamber can come together and network and continue to build. It's going pretty well. We've only been in existence since September, and we have close to 100 members already, including some corporations. Oh, so we're on the move. And you have an event coming up. Is that with the Chamber or Out Memphis? Out Memphis has the Out Memphis inaugural queer prom. So it's like, uh, it's going to be this huge, you've got to come see it. Uh, so it'll be. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, good, good. Awesome. So get your tickets. It's going to be, uh, you can find your tickets at queerprom.org. It's okay. June the 25th from 730 to 1030 at the Botanical Garden. Tickets are $35 general admission. Of course, if you uh, want to do a VIP table, there are other tickets available, and, but we're doing it up. So uh, uh, Jeff of the Brooks Museum is building this from the ground up, and uh, we have the support of the community and everything. And so it's, it's a fundraiser primarily, but it's also a chance to give a prom to a lot of LGBTQ Plus people who never really got to go to the problem who they want to go with, you know? Right. So we plan on doing this every year if this one is successful. And I hope that it is. It will be. And the great part about it is I've never been to a problem. Really? We, we don't have prom. So this will be an opportunity for me to take our beautiful fiance to a prom and let her experience problem. <laughs> oh, y'all are going to be so cute. I already know. <laughs> so it, I'm sure it's going to be a great event for a lot of people at a moment of self-discovery in terms of, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of people who probably had those desires, but because of society norms, they weren't able to go to the problem whatever you want to go to. So this is an opportunity. I can't wait for this. I'm ready to put my socks on, get a lemon and roll up at the, the botanic yeah. garden for this. <laughs> the botanic garden. I've been parented multiple times by <laughs> and Jeff. By Dr. Thompson about, you know, stop calling it the botanical heart. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to call the botanic, but they real That is true. Yeah. <laughs> if someone want to get in touch with you at Old Memphis or someone needs resources at Old Memphis, is there a number for them to call a website or how do they? 
outmemphis.org would be the best bet in the contact us. Uh, my email is eswinney at outmemphis.org, which is uh, E-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y at outmemphis.org. They want to drop me a line or something. They need anything, you know, I would do my best to field it to whoever could feel that need. Okay. And if somebody wants to join the chamber? If somebody wants to join the chamber, they can actually use that same email. Okay. <laughs> but we do have a website, midsouthchamber.org. Got it. I'm going to go back a little bit to Altman. If someone wants to make a donation, like if a corporation is listening, wants to make a donation, want to get involved or does individual have some stuff to donate? Where do they go? The donation page is outmemphis.org slash donate. And you could do it several different ways. One time, you could do a monthly gift. I personally do the monthly gift that's just drafted for my account. So, you know, I know that I'm always uh, giving, but it's it's several different ways that you could do it. If you wanted to drop off food, clothes, items, things of that nature, just reach out to outmemphis.org and say, hey, I have stuff. And someone will get back to you immediately to, to take your donation. Okay, sounds great. And for the chamber, is there a membership fee? Yes, but this year only, <laughs> this year only, everybody has a $100 Whoa. membership fee. Yeah, yeah, and that's deep. For the listeners out there listening, just for $100, you can get your business on there, get out there. And uh, network with people, grow your business. That's a small price to pay to grow your business. So listeners, there you have it. Erin Sweetie, a wife, agent, or change here in Memphis, Tennessee. She's out there doing the groundwork, getting the work done, creating spaces for people here in Memphis that need a safe space that are members of the LGBTQ plus community. She's a chair for Old Memphis and a founding board member of the Big South LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce. Erin want to say thank you for speaking with us today and sharing this information. And I'm definitely looking forward to the prom, to experience what the prom is. Wonderful. Thanks, Erin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A Queer Understanding. We hope you heard something that resonated with or inspired you. Join us next week right here at A Queer Understanding. And as always, live your truth and be unapologetically you.